hard-hitting medical truth, cutting through conflict and confusion to the understanding you're searching for. Join Dr. Peter McCullough, world-renowned medical expert and practicing physician for this edition of the McCullough Report. Your life may depend on it. Let's get real, let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. Well, we're right in the midst of holiday season. We're past Thanksgiving and chugging along into the Christmas seasons here in the United States. I know many around the world celebrate Christmas, so many other religious holidays around that time. Now, I can tell you that as a doctor, I am growing concerned regarding uh, several reports. One, about uh, resurgent COVID cases, and we definitely have had some more COVID cases in our practice, particularly among elderly people. Seen a few people get particularly sick, and they've all responded to McCullough protocol. None have required hospitalizations, but I'm in close contact. Many of these cases are actually people who had never had COVID before. They had actually been fairly sequestered from society elderly, and then they finally contracted the virus. So I presume it's the Omicron virus, the EG5, FL1.5, or the HV strains of Omicron. Uh, None of these would be expected to be covered by a vaccine. Anyway, the second big topic that's brewing is the Chinese pneumonia story. And my co-investigator, John Leake, has written a really important piece on courageous discourse. I hope all of you We'll go over to the Substack and read it. I will go ahead and read that into the show today because I think it's particularly um, helpful in understanding what's going on. We're getting ready uh, to see cases in the United States. But Leake points out that for all the pandemic preparedness planning and all these agencies and government effort to be on top of pandemics, there was not a word out of the consulate in Wuhan in 2019 that a pandemic was coming, you know, helping to warn us. And sure enough, now out of Beijing and Dalian, the two cities that have these uh, clusters of cases, there's no word from any of our warning systems regarding what's coming along the pike. So I had a chance to talk to a doctor who examined one of the patients who had recovered. We have some special insights on that segment for you. But what we're going to try to do on America Aloud McCullough Report is be ahead of the game, not behind the game. I want everyone to understand that it's always about finding an early treatment strategy for people who are sick. It's never about waiting for a vaccine or people to be saved by a vaccine. It's simply vaccines are not treatment. They don't properly respond, and they're not going to help anybody avoid an emerging infectious disease um, uh, ailment. So I think this is a critical to understand. Secondly, I want everyone who's listening to McCullough Report to be aware that the wellness company, now remember, I advise the company as a chief scientific officer, has emergency medical kits and a COVID kit. I think everybody should have both. Uh, you have it at home. You'll have the kit at your ready. It has a whole, basically a formulary of various antimicrobials, antiemetics, other drugs that will help you get through an acute illness at home. It has a user guide on how to use them, and importantly, it includes a free telemedicine visit so you can link up with a doctor real quick and make sure you're treating something the right way. 
if you were to develop uh, a, a, an infectious gastroenteritis, for instance, or if you were to get this new pneumonia, you would be ready with the wellness company doctors to help guide you through the illness. We are not going to get burned like we did with the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. There's no way. And I want everybody listening to McCullough Report, I know I have followers all over the world, to be prepared. It's well worth it to get one of these kits. There's a whole variety of savings. You can go through the Outloud platform, uh, America Outloud Shop, hit the banner bar, and you get deep discounts on everything that Wellness Company offers. Probably should sign up as a member. Uh, that way you have all the standard discounts. And when you go to the sign-up page, they allow you to put in multiple promo codes. I just tested it out myself. So you enter in the promo codes, you can really start to rack up discounts, uh, get the prices way down. Why not get yourself an emergency kit at home, be ready, and if something happens, you can quickly get the wellness company doctor on the line and get treatment and not get railroaded in the hospital like what happened with SARS-CoV-2. That was a disaster. Never again will we let that happen. So for our show today, we'll kick off with um, the pneumonia update from China. Then we'll have a uh, long format interview with um, that I had uh, with Dr. Tess Lauer. We were hosted uh, in the Daystar Studios by hosts Joni Lamb and Doug Weiss. And Doug's a new addition. And the show is Daystar. And I think everybody ought to have a listen to it. It's very well produced. We'll have the audio version for you. Uh, Joni Lamb, uh, who's carrying on the legacy of Daystar, her um, husband Marcus Lamb died uh, during the COVID pandemic. Uh, she's remarried. Her husband is Doug Weiss. He's a PhD psychologist, wonderful man, a great host. I was very impressed with Doug. And Dr. Lowry, who came all the way over from Bath, United Kingdom, to join us in the Bedford, Texas studios. You'll have to listen to it. Daystar is the biggest thing I've ever done in terms of audience. Their reach are hundreds of millions of paid subscribers. And because of reruns and multiple people in vertical households, potentially billions of people listen to what you're going to listen to. And that is our message on Daystar. So let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It works. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. We've got a great show for you this week. We're going to kick off with an important update regarding the Chinese pneumonia. Now, my colleague on Substack, John Leake, who's an investigative um, analyst and writer, uh, has posted this today. China pneumonia update, macrolide-resistant mycoplasma pneumonia is in focus. This is very important. I'll just read from the Substack, quote, 
U.S. government agencies are fond of talking about pandemic preparedness, uh, passing extravagant legislation such as the PrEP Act, and throwing hundreds of billions of dollars at the development of vaccines against respiratory illnesses, vaccines that are useless at best. And yet these agencies are at the moment strangely silent about a mysterious pneumonia that is affecting large numbers of children in two regions of northern China that are about 500 miles apart, uh, Beijing and then the Liaowin province. This situation reminds me uh, of the conspicuous fact that the U.S. Consulate General, General Office in Wuhan, which is presumably full of spooks, apparently reported nothing about a, a, the mysterious pneumonia that started circulating in that city in the autumn of 2019. Isn't that something amazing that the U.S. Consulate General in Wuhan said nothing about the uh, the virus, the novel coronavirus coming out of Wuhan in 2019? So on December uh, on, on Tuesday, November 21st, ProMed, the largest publicly available surveillance system conducting global reporting on uh, of infectious disease outbreaks published a report on these clusters of pneumonia in Beijing and Liaowan. Uh, uh, and this is a block quote from ProMed. With the outbreak of pneumonia in children, in, chi in China, children's hospitals in Beijing and Liaoning uh, and other places were overwhelmed with sick children and schools and classes were on the verge of suspension. Parents questioned whether the authorities were covering up the epidemic. In the early morning, Beijing Children's Hospital was still overcrowded with parents and children uh, whose children had pneumonia and came to seek treatment. Mr. W., a Beijing citizen, said many, many, many are hospitalized and they don't cough uh, and have symptoms. They just have a high fever and many develop pulmonary nodules. End quote. The situation in the Yongying province is also serious. The lobby of Dalian's Children's Hospital, Dalian's a kind of a nice new modern city in China, is full of sick children receiving intravenous drips. There are also queues of patients at the traditional Chinese medicine hospitals and the central hospitals. A staff member of the Dalian Central Hospital said, uh, patients have to wait in line for two hours and we are all in the emergency department and there are no general outpatient clinics, end quote. Some school classes have been canceled uh, completely. Not, not only are all students sick, but teachers are also infected with pneumonia. ProMed was the first surveillance system that reported on the mysterious pneumonia circulating in Wuhan, by the way. The Chinese health agencies are claiming that illnesses, illness is not caused by a novel pathogen, but a group of known pathogens such as mycoplasma pneumonia, respiratory syncytial virus, adenovirus, and influenza. Of these, mycoplasma pneumonia, a common bacterial infection, has received special attention in China in recent years, as Bloomberg reported today. Uh, China has the world's highest incidence of mycoplasma pneumonia uh, that's resistant to a class of antibiotics called macrolides. Up to 60 to 70% of adult uh, cases and up to 80% of cases in kids don't respond to Zithromax or azithromycin and similar drugs. Ying Yudan, an infectious disease doctor at Beijing Xiaoyang Hospital, uh, the nation's top respiratory disease center, told Beijing News earlier this month. Now, another class of antibiotics called fluoroquinolone seem to work when the macrolides don't. Now, this is a consistent with a case study that Dr. McCullough um, identified yesterday a man who became extremely ill with pneumonia after visiting northern China. He responded quickly to levofoxacin, a fluoroquinone antibiotic. 
um, uh, there's some concern that levofloxacin in small children could cause a risk of um, a form of a tendonitis um, or Achilles tendon rupture, but this is manageable if the proper pediatric dosing is given for a short duration. Let me tell you, I talked to Michelle Schechter in Brazil, who's now uh, aware of the, the case in China. It was a Brazilian man, I guess, in China, got sick, was treated with levofloxacin and, and returned to Brazil. He's completely normal compared to what Michelle told me uh, uh, recently. Um, she said they tested him for COVID and flu and it was negative. They gave him empiric antibiotics and he got better quickly. So I think this is uh, reasonable. It fits with a, um, a macrolide-resistant mycoplasma pneumonia. Uh, back to John Leake's report. Uh, yesterday, I found a host, of academic, uh, a host of academic medical literature published by Chinese researchers since 2021 about virulent macrolide-resistant mycoplasma pneumonia, especially noteworthy in 2021, a paper titled Infection Strategies of Mycoplasmas Unraveling the Panoply of Virulence Factors. A fascinating feature of the mycoplasm bacteria's ability to produce an exotoxin called Community Acquired Respiratory Distress Syndrome Toxin, or CARDS-TX. Uh, to this quote from the above paper, the discovery of CARDS-TX of mycoplasma pneumonia challenged the previously held belief that mycoplasmas are devoid of exotoxins. Uh, CARDS-TX was originally a membrane-associated surfactant protein A, SPA binding, uh, ADP ribo uh, 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 riboxylating and vacuolating toxin identified by Cannon and Baseman when studying the pathogenic factors that may be responsible for the respiratory epithelial damage and mycoplasma pneumonia. Upon reading this, I immediately wondered if the production of the CARDS-TX can be manipulated by a lab by means of gain of function. The WHO has asked Chinese authorities to provide additional information about this pneumonia outbreak. So far, I've seen no, advisory, no advisories issued by the U.S. State Department or the CDC. We'll be monitoring the situation in China closely, uh, try to ascertain as quickly as possible what is causing the pneumonia. Uh, in my position as the chief scientific officer of the wellness company, um, uh, I'm conducting investigative scholarship to ascertain what medicines are most safe. Uh, and effective in the conditions such as the pneumonia now circulating in, normal, in northern China. Our ultimate objective is to ascertain if already available FDA-approved medications could be useful in treating this pneumonia in the event it spreads to the United States. Given the appalling performance of so many doctors during the COVID-19 pandemic, many of our readers <coughs> may find themselves in search of a new doctor who has demonstrated greater discernment with readers. Such readers may consider a membership with the wellness company whose virtual care program offers prompt access to a trusted medical provider to treat <coughs> your illnesses and obtain prescriptions. Sounds like I need one myself right now. The wellness company is also offering home medical kits to treat a range of infections, including COVID-19, bronchitis, urinary tract infections, cellulitis, yeast infections, and tick bites. The kit contains a variety of medications, a guidebook, and a doctor's consultation. So please consider the wellness company, um, and you can uh, certainly join uh, through a variety of mechanisms on the America Out Loud uh, platform. Have you had COVID-19 or have suffered a vaccine injury syndrome? You know, all of these conditions are metabolic catabolic strains on the body. The body has increased needs for essential micronutrients and minerals. 
And the GI tract may not be functioning completely normally in terms of absorption. The solution, Healthy Cell. Healthy Cell has an entire product line using MicroJo technologies. So these are in liquid gel packs that you simply uh, rip open and a quick squirt and you've got everything you need in terms of nutrients. The product lines are the Immune Super Boost, the uh, Focus in Memory, and my favorite, the REM Sleep Supplement for an ideal night's sleep. Try them out. Go to HealthyCell.com and enter in out loud for a discount on your first purchase. Oh, or go on our platform, America Out Loud Talk Radio, and click on the banner bar, Healthy Cell, to get your discount. So let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Change in the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Well, as new strands of the coronavirus circulate, you'll notice a constant push to convince people to get the latest booster shot. But here to inject some much needed hope and truth into this madness is courageous doctor who's had a breakthrough detoxification protocol to help those who are vaccinated. Also joining him is a former WHO researcher advocating for an alternative global health system 
that prioritizes people. Please welcome world-renowned cardiologist and the CEO of Evidence-Based Medicine Consultancy, Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Tess Laurie. Come on, guys, come on. How are you doing? Thank you, great to see you. Great to see you. Nice to meet you, Dr. Laurie, very much. Oh, it's good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. Yeah? Haven't seen you since so many things have changed. She used to be single. I know. Right? I know. We and, changed uh, that. I married a, a doctor, but he's a psychologist, so I love all of my doctor friends, and you have been such a blessing um, to come and share with so many of the others, and thank you for being here today. Thank you. So let's just get an update on you before we get into all this, because I know you have been attacked outrageously, I mean, over the last Probably both have. couple of years. I'm sure Dr. Laurie will get to you too, but um, give us an update on where you are. I think you're seeing more patients than you've ever seen before. Yeah, I've had to move my office, my practice now twice. So I'm in McKinney and I'm in completely independent practice now. And patients fly in from all over the country, if in fact, outside the United States. Mm-hmm. And I'm partnered with Dr. Brian Proctor, terrific team. And we are working day and night to help people through now through the consequences Mm -hmm. of having multiple COVID infections and the vaccine. And it turns out most people have had both. Yeah. Well, so let's give the kind of simplistic overview, if we could, for our new viewers, Dr. McCullough. Um, Tell us a little bit about your journey into first hearing about the, the, the mRNA vaccinations. And as you begin to study and look at them and you came actually came out against them. But you're I mean, you're a medical doctor, cardiologist, uh, why you did. And now what you're seeing as a result that we're not hearing about. I mean, there's so many people that are dealing with with problems associated with the vaccination. Serious, serious issues. So just kind of take us through that, if you will. I looked at it very early in 2020 by invitation. I wrote a series of op eds in the Hill. I was the only public figure in the world at the time to put in writing that I was questioning these vaccines. The title of my op-ed in August of 2020 was the great gamble of the COVID-19 vaccine development program. And clearly in the United States, myself and Scott Atlas were writing op-eds. Scott was inside the White House. But his advice, as he gave it to uh, former President Trump and the White House task force, no one questioned the vaccines. I questioned them because they were the genetic code for the lethal part of the virus. Mm -hmm. And if that genetic code was injected, how could we shut it off? For some people, the the, the, the spike protein indeed would be lethal, and that's what happened. So you being a cardiologist, what kind of devastation have you seen? Well, the spike protein clearly is in the heart. The messenger RNA is stuck in the heart now. A recent paper by Crossan and colleagues showed this. The spike protein is produced locally there. It damages the heart muscle. And now the, uh, one of the most stunning papers I've seen is by Nakahara and colleagues in the United States, 700 vaccinated versus 300 unvaccinated. The cardiac PET scans, the positron emission tomography scans, change in nearly everybody who took the shot. Wow. The heart changes from preferring free fatty acids as substrate to glucose, which is a diseased pattern. And we are now seeing for the first time cardiac arrests in people who have taken the vaccine with no myocarditis. And we believe it's some form of a vaccine-induced metabolic cardiomyopathy. And this is why we're seeing sports figures and athletes and 30 and 40 years old just dropping over. 20-year-olds. I mean, teenagers, why are they being affected 
One of the updates is that I assembled a team, worldwide team. We evaluated every single autopsy published in the peer-reviewed literature of people who died after the vaccine. Top line results, 73.9% of cases independently adjudicated the deaths were due to the vaccine. They were. Wow. So we know the next person who dies unexpectedly with no antecedent illness, no expectation that this would happen, that if they've taken the vaccine, it's more likely than not due to the vaccine. Mm. Wow. That's tragic. Okay, so when you wrote your paper, and of course you were, can we mention where you were practicing at the, at the time, or, or we held in lawsuits? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I was widely known in medicine. You know, I had testified before Congress in 2007, Congressional Oversight Panel, professor of medicine, well-known over the world. You, you know, lectured across Europe, UK, One of the most peer-reviewed. I have over a thousand published medical communications coming up on uh, 700 peer-reviewed listings in the National Library of Medicine. The average professor of medicine would have 25 papers. Believe me, I had done more than uh, an average professor for sure. And what I saw was astounding. Uh, Doctors were not coming forward to treat patients. They quickly fell in fear to follow a nihilistic government protocol. And when the vaccines came, they didn't question them. They, in fact, before we knew it, they began to force the vaccines on their patients. Mm -hmm. So um, there was an onslaught against you, not only from from the medical community, I mean, from trying to take your license, I mean... How are you on all of that right now? Uh, you know, my license is intact. I still have a, a, a very prolonged appeal process with the American Board of Internal Medicine, which is trying to erase my medicine residency, my cardiology fellowship. But I've never had a doctor of standing, a chief of medicine, chief of infectious disease, a dean, actually discuss the issues with me face to face. Everything's been by certified letter, by email, in the shadows. I've written the American College of Cardiology. I've written the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, voicing my concerns, testified in multiple state senates, as you know, the U.S. Senate multiple times recently, the European Parliament. I've been crystal clear on this, and I'm well supported by the World Council for Health and the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. Both organizations call for global withdrawal of the vaccines. So um, you and I have talked about this personally, but why do you do this? I took an oath. I took an oath. Mm -hmm. The question is, where are the other doctors and why did they not fulfill their oath? The oath is to fight disease, to preserve life, and above all, do no harm. Yeah. Well, um, Dr. Laurie, um, thank you for being here today. You worked with the WHO, which... I worked as an external consultant to okay. the WHO. Um, yeah, since, since 2012. And uh, so it was through my company, the Evidence-Based Medicine Consultancy. And we have no conflicts of interest, never done any work for pharma, which is why we are hired and we do work as external consultants to the World Health Organization and the NHS in the UK and the Cochrane Collaboration. And I was really delighted when I got the work at the World Health Organization because I really thought I'd be able to make a difference, you know, uh, and, uh, and help many people. And then over the years, it just became clear that um, there were outside influences. Um, the World Health Organization only controls a quarter of its budget. Three quarters comes in as voluntary contributions, and those who are making the contributions can decide what the money gets spent on. 
And so and I, I became increasingly disillusioned. But then when COVID came along, it was quite clear that the strategies that they were promoting widely and that were, used, and that were influencing countries around the world were not evidence-based. And then I really had to step in and do something. So what did you do? Well, I did, first I did a systematic review on ivermectin with very uh, esteemable and, and uh, experienced colleagues, and that was ignored. We sent it to the CDC. We, we actually sent an evidence... Dr. Pierre Corey, one yes. of the, the one um, him on here. Yeah. We, we sent it to the NIH, the FDA. Um, we sent it to Canadian authorities, the World Health Organization authorities, and other authorities around the world, the UK authorities as well. And... Um, and it was just ignored. But at the same time, I had been monitoring the adverse reactions on the World Health Organization's own pharmacovigilance database, which is called VigiAccess. And in January 2021, when they, so basically they'd just been rolled out for six weeks, the COVID vaccines, there were already 80,000 adverse event reports on their database. Now that number's more than 5 million. And wow. they have said absolutely nothing about these people who have been harmed. Each one of those uh, reports is a, is a person. But that's more, more people have been affected or killed than most wars. Oh, this sure. was yes. a, a war on humanity, a well, medical yes. war. And it's crazy. Well, and a lot of those adverse events haven't even been reported because the doctors have told me to make those reports is, is it's very difficult, the paperwork that has to be filled out. So the fact that you even have five million, you know there's a lot more than that, don't you? Yes, yeah, I mean, it's quite clear that people, uh, and that it's underreported. So many people are walking around and they are harmed and they have actually, their health has deteriorated significantly mm -hmm. since having the vaccinations and they haven't put two and two together or it's been dismissed by the health profession. So Dr. McCullough, are you finding that when people do have these adverse events and they go to their doctor, their doctors are not recognizing that the COVID shot is part of the problem. It's even worse than that. They're being gaslighted. The gaslighted means that they're being told it's in their head that mm -hmm. the problem doesn't exist. The patients are so frustrated now. Right. Because the medical community is not responding to them. What are some of the main adverse events? I know, I know the myocarditis, that's one, mm -hmm. one of the big ones. But can, we, can we put that in English for someone? What does that <laughs> well, mean? Myocarditis is heart damage. It's direct heart damage uh, caused by the vaccines. Two really good prospective cohort studies show 2.5% from the outset receive heart damage. That's a huge percentage. Mm -hmm. But there's a larger uh, penumbra. Uh, there's been recent work, uh, studies of healthcare workers. You know, 30% of people are so sick they can't go to work the next day after taking the shots. Our CDC V-safe data, 7.7% of people are so sick they have to go to the ER or be hospitalized mm -hmm. after the shots. And so the range of illnesses include the cardiovascular system, the neurologic system, various forms mm -hmm. of stroke, nerve damage, blood clotting like we've never seen before, very large and resistant blood clots, and immune system abnormalities and recently, Dr. Lowry's led a, a very important effort with respect to cancer. Talk about that, Dr. Lowry. Well, because I've heard about so many people who um, were, ab cancer, were able were to overcome cancer. They got the shot and then they had recurring cancer. Have you heard of heard it? Yes, that? absolutely. There has been uh, what's known as turbo cancers, and um, and people have who've been in remission becoming, right. um, you know, um, having a, a, a relapse. relapse. Um, but I think first what I need to just say is that we established the World Council for Health 
in 2021, which is the, the really the vehicle through which we've been able to support people, both with our resources on cancer now, we have a resource coming out, and also during COVID with um, the COVID treatment guideline and, and detox protocols and policy briefs and so on. So, yes. So I know that um, uh, you really believe that especially America should withdraw from the WHO. And um, I think we actually have a number that those of you that are watching here in America, you can call uh, Congress and to support the WHO Withdrawal Act. And you can go to the U.S. switchboard. And let's put that number up. It's 202-224-3121. There, uh, and leave that up, Lane, if you can. But um, you, were, you were kind of on the inside, from the outside looking in. And like you said, you weren't being supported by Big Pharma. So you could give a clear uh, understanding and view of, of what you saw. And um, you saw discrepancies as far as these big donors doing things and controlling the narrative that's very dangerous for the world. Is that true? Yeah, well, it's clear we need an alternative to the WHO. You know, we, we can't have a monopoly on health. We actually need, people need a choice. And we need a people's organization that represents health, not um, corporations that profit from uh, interventions. And so World Council for Health is the antidote, if you will, to the World Health Organization because we're a grassroots organization and we're made up of smaller organizations around the world. We're now in 55 countries. And um, we receive information from our grassroots organizations that inform our policy. So we're not imposing things on people. Mm -hmm. We're saying, here's a range of things uh, a choice for you, and you may make your own decision. So in your study of ivermectin, I know the answer to this question, did you find that it was preventative, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, vitamin D, I mean, all the protocols, quercetin that we talked about, zinc, um, could have actually saved many lives had it been available? Yes, there's a whole range of things used in combination that would have been helpful. Ivermectin is sort of the, you know, the, the poster drug because we were able to show with a systematic review that it it worked and was safe. It's very safe. It's been around for 40 years. So it's more the fact that it's, a, it's the key to Pandora's box, if you will, because uh, once you know that there was early treatment, well, then there was no need for vaccines. There were no need for lockdowns. Um, there was, you know, and in actual fact, one then learns that the COVID crisis was a man-made crisis. Mm -hmm. um, unsafe interventions were rolled out and, um, in, and human rights were violated. And, and there's this, now this legally binding push, uh, push to, to make a legally binding uh, treaty with the WHO uh, and amendments to the international health regulations that puts the WHO in a di dictatorial position in the event of another pandemic or public health emergency of international concern. Which it sounds like they're already planning because you see world leaders already talking about the next pandemic. That's never been a discussion. No, and this is, uh, this is another role for the World Council for Health because in the next pandemic we've been told is coming, we will be collaborating with international, with uh, 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 councils um, because we've decentralized and we're in the process of decentralizing. So every country will have its own council for health mm. that will make its own policies and so on. And we will collaborate and find out what works and what, you know, how we can help people. And some countries have, have said, 
uh, backed off from the vaccine and, and discouraged it, like Japan and other countries said, hey, no, no, this isn't working for us. Is that right? Well, absolutely. Well, Japan has its own Council for Health now, Japanese Council for Health. Um, Malaysia does as well, the Philippines, Singapore, uh, South Africa, and we're rolling these out as quickly as possible mm -hmm. because May 2024 is when the World Health Assembly meets to uh, approve the very numerous amendments to the international health regulations. I actually brought a document to show you, um, which is the compilation of the amendments, and I've highlighted the amendments in red so that you can see. Um, this is the revised uh, amendments, and wow. you can see how much has changed. Um, and giving control to the WHO to mandate the, and make these uh, vaccines... Uh, where it's actually the rule of law that you have to take it. And this is one of the things I had Michelle Bachman on talking about. We've been, because it's been pushed back and pushed back, and there were a couple of countries that voted no to it. But this is very dangerous for our future, isn't it? Yes, it puts the Director General of the WHO in a position to declare a real or potential pandemic mm -hmm. or public health emergency of international concern. It could be something falling from the sky or climate or something. Or a billionaire um, who discovered another cure who needs to make another $5 billion, yes. even if it kills another million people to do it. Anybody could be influencing this organization. Yes, and the WHO has very proudly declared that it's planning 500 vaccines by 2030. So goodness knows, you know, what they have planned for everybody. Uh, plus, they then get to declare quarantine measures, enforcement measures, testing, who gets the contracts, whether vaccines or interventions are safe. They have this plan for vaccines in 100 days. And, um, and all of that um, would be legally binding. Mm. Okay, so let's put that up again for you to, um, to call this number on the, uh, to support the WHO Withdrawal Act. You know President Trump took us out of WHO mm -hmm. yes. and then Biden put us back in. And so it's really, really important. Voting's really important, but there's that number 202-224-3121. Okay, let's talk about, um, there's so much we could talk about all of that because basically, Everything that we talked about in 2020 and 2021 has come to pass. And that's one of the things you and I talked about. Even early on, you, you were a little surprised, I mean, initially, of how deep and dark this was, weren't you, Dr. McCullough? I was stunned. Uh, the, uh, the suppression of early treatment mm -hmm. and, uh, and the nihilistic care that happened in the hospital. In the United States, like most Western countries, Nearly all the deaths occurred in the hospital. Right. That's that should tell you something. That means people who got any forms of early treatment at home survived. Mm -hmm. That we actually did. And we, we, there are two papers now, one by Hazen, one by Jackie Stone in Zimbabwe, both showed permissive hypoxemia, meaning we could actually let the oxygen saturations go down at home and treat them on home treatment with home oxygen, and they could get through. Whereas if they went to the hospital, almost certainly they would have been put on the ventilator, and that was the kiss of death. And also mm -hmm. treated with what drug was it that they, they always put them on? I'm trying to... Remdesivir. Yeah, remdesivir. Which the WHO said, do not use remdesivir in November of 2020. And the United States HHS continued to push it. I've testified now in the Texas Senate and the Arizona Senate, and I've asked the HHS committees, why didn't you call an emergency meeting to pull remdesivir off the shelf when the WHO said it was contraindicated? People were asleep at the switch. Remember in the United States, states have consumer protection uh, acts. Uh, they have their own consumer protection laws and capabilities. They can do the same for vaccines. 
Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay, so let's talk about. I, I love having medical prophets of God. Yes, you yes. You know, because, <laughs> no, no, seriously. Uh, yeah. when, when the darkness comes over the earth, this was a darkness. We haven't had a plague kill five million people. You know, this was a darkness. And God will raise up his voice yes. of clarity and mindfulness that you guys have possessed. And sometimes we don't see people in, like, you, wouldn't, you probably never called this uh, a prophet before. And you just looked at me like, what are you saying? <laughs> no, but, but God will raise up someone to have a voice in that darkness. Voice and those are usually truth, prophetic yeah. voices, whether it's a, the political field, the science field, the art field. And God has really used you guys in prophetic ways to change lives. So yeah. I just want to say thank you. I want to mention the producers were telling me that when you call that number, you have to give your state. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because you you're, you're talking state. to your representative. Yeah. Okay. So, um, this is the question. And, and listen, this is why we sang the song, No Fear. The Lord gave me that song in 2020 um, because the Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And so, I've told so many of you watching that uh, we warned you, you know, to really pray before you take that shot. But many of you did. Many of you were forced to by family members. You didn't really or know. Or the government or their or, employer. Or, or their employer or whatever. And so I just said, God is bigger than a shot, okay? And so um, now you're having to take care of people. And just about every doctor I interviewed, by the way, that's what they're doing now. They're having to take care of people that have had adverse events as a result of the shot. So you came up with um, a product... A base spike detox. How long will the, does the spike protein from the mRNA shot stay in the bottle? And does this help? In the body. In the in body. The body. I'm sorry. <laughs> in the body. The, yeah, you know, the, the, the vaccine installs a huge quantity of this spike protein, which damages tissues, organs, causes blood clotting, a huge quantity. And recent paper by Brogna and colleagues from Germany found it's circulating in the blood of people mm-hmm. who took the vaccine for at least six months, maybe longer. Human enzymes don't seem to be able to break it down. It's an unnatural protein. Mm -hmm. And so a proposal is base spike detoxification. That's a product that our clinic uh, in the DFW uh, area offers. You can order it online, but it contains natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin, three natural substances that work, particularly natokinase and bromelain, to break down the spike protein. Now, uh, other groups have provided lists of other assistive agents. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to detoxification. But in my view, I've been working on this for four years. The Biden administration has spent a billion dollars on long COVID. A billion dollars, not a single new drug, not a single protocol. This is a peer-reviewed published protocol so for this base is, spike detoxification. this is something your team put together. And I just want to say... Um, Daystar isn't getting anything. We're just we're sharing this with you because you know I want to help you, and I know many of you have been affected by the shots. This is base spike detox. How do people get this? They can order it. Uh, go to our website. Uh, you can go to petermccullummd.com, and that'll take you to my clinical website. But let me say that these products are available through a whole variety of sources. You could go online and buy them. Wellness Company is a well-known. Uh, national resource for uh, natokinase. Uh, shortly, we'll be adding bromelain and curcumin. Uh, that worldwide, people are in need of relief. Mm-hmm. Other things can be added to this trio. But I tell you, I saw a doctor today from in Dallas, an ophthalmologist, who was really set back with the vaccines to the point where it was affecting his work. His wife was with him. It was about three months on this. And we think it's three, six, nine months. It's a long time, but three months. He says, I'm markedly better. His exam was better. It was a happy visit. And we're finally starting to see this after four years. I've tried almost 
everything that is possible. So this has, uh, you mentioned the, the natto, how do you say it? Natto kinase. Natto kinase, which is an anti-clotting, right, right, property. Then the bromelain, which is derived from the stems of pineapples. And then the uh, uh, curcumin. curcumin, which the main active mm-hmm. ingredient is turmeric, which we already right. know mm-hmm. that's. And then uh, black pepper extract. Right. The black pepper allows the uh, curcumin to be absorbed in a high mm-hmm. quantity. So okay. isn't it interesting that such an unnatural, man-made, deleterious protein, the answers we found are largely natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are largely natural. Yeah. Dr. Lowry and her group at the World Council for Health has published a really an extensive review of all the potential possibilities. Mm-hmm. We work from that. This is one of many products available. This uh, are, is um, the only one that's available right now where it's all three in a single capsule. Mm-hmm. So it makes it easy. One, three times a day in between meals. The safety caveats is this is a form of a blood thinner. So bruising, bleeding, if one's on a blood thinner, make sure they check with their doctors. I am using additional blood thinners. But being responsible with products, we always talk about, you know, theoretical efficacy, Mm -hmm. but also safety. So tell us what are some of the most um, just heartbreaking symptoms that you've seen in dealing with some of your patients, Dr. McCullough? We've had blood clots form in the arms and legs, Mm -hmm. sometimes requiring amputation, removal of the first Mm -hmm. rib. It's disfiguring, devastating strokes. Uh, To me, the single greatest tragedy is sudden, unexpected death in a young, healthy person. Mm -hmm. And we see this every day now in the Mm -hmm. media. Prominent people, there are people in public life uh, very important. What people need to understand. So this bodybuilder who is like, if you don't take the shot, you're an idiot, and you know, I'll, 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 you know, and, and he's dead. And then he died. He died. He but, said, "Let's see if it kills me." But, but isn't it interesting? Of the people who come forward and actually recognizes the vaccine, they're immediately slammed. One of the first ones, some a friend of mine, is Eric Clapton. Eric came out and said, "I took the vaccine. I can't play the guitar anymore." And he was slim. Look at Megyn Kelly just came out. Mm. She just interviewed former President Trump and said, listen, I took the vaccine. I have an autoimmune problem. Mm -hmm. And and the list goes on and on. So we have many public figures. The question on the table is why won't all of them come forward and warn others so so we can avoid more people being harmed? Dr. Laurie, don't you think that people have awakened to this and they're not going to be pulled into it the second time. Yes, I do think so. And, you know, I really would like to stress that there's a better way and we really need to look on the bright side of what's happened because many people have been harmed but, um, and, and COVID has, has um, it's kind of brought us together though and it's also um, highlighted that we haven't been paying attention and we need to be taking responsibility for our health and not outsourcing our health decision-making to politicians and governments and so mm-hmm. on. So I think if we can, we can start to move towards resolving things and, and, and looking at, to say now, where do we go from here? Right. Rather than, you know... Um, Staying in the fear. Yeah, we need, we to, we need to step out um, into, our, into our power and controlling our own health mm-hmm. and, and recognize actually the COVID vaccines are not the only way, the only thing that we've outsourced. We outsource our nutrition to McDonald's mm. and so on. Come on. We, we, we <laughs> You're really, preaching to the choir here. Yeah. Yeah. Exercise. Yeah. And yeah. all that yeah. stuff. And, and, you know, 
And there are many modern techniques now that, to improve health, such as intermittent fasting, um, not spending so much time on mobile phones, and yes. all of these sorts of things. So it's like about you. looking at the yeah. whole, <laughs> the whole uh, gamut of health and yes. preventing health. And, and you know, we need to move from this disease-based system yes. where we we get we go along, we do everything bad to mm. ourselves, we don't take care of ourselves, we take better care of our cars than ourselves, mm -hmm. and then we get sick, we get a disease, and we go, go on pills for the rest of our lives. Yeah, we no. need to see illness as a sign, and mm -hmm. what's happening is a sign that we all need. To Stay into a, a proactive health model. But you know, the, the spirit of fear that has come upon the nation because of this, and, and some of you that even have the shot, you know, we're trying to offer you hope today. But there's another hope that we want to offer you. You can have eternal life. Jesus Christ has come into the world to give hope, the spiritual hope that you can live forever with Him. And some of you today, you need to come home today. You don't know when you're going to die. None of us do. And if that's you, I want to just give you the opportunity to come home today. And all you need to do is say this simple prayer, because Jesus is right there. He wants to come into your heart. So say this after me. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. I want to come home. I want to come home. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you've said that prayer from your heart, not your head, your heart, Jesus wants to give you abundant life. Yes, He wants to take care of your body, your spirit, your soul. He wants to prosper you in every way of your life. But please call the number on your screen, 1-800-329-0029. Because someone, we're going to give you the book, Now What? So that you can walk out your faith. Because you want to have faith in the seasons of storms of life. You want to have Jesus walk through the valleys of the shadows of death. Some of you have experienced friends and loved ones who've walked through that. You don't want to walk alone. It's time to come home. And if you do that, please let someone know so they can pray with you. I just thought that was really important that we offer that kind of hope in the middle of this conversation. Yeah, and you know... Um the Bible says that this life is just a stepping stone to the life to come, and preparing your heart for eternity is why, really why we exist. I know, Dr. McCullough, you said at the end of the day you answer to a higher power, and that's more important to mm -hmm. you to do what is pleasing to Him than go along with the narrative or the fear that so many of your colleagues have been part of. Absolutely. I think the most difficult thing that all of us really strive to do is to ask God what next for me? Mm -hmm. And to open up mm. and allow God through the Holy Spirit to mm. work in our lives. Well, you found your what next. You know, I love, I love when I see warriors in different parts of the body. Yeah. It's like, give this guy a sword. And, and for you as well, just being raised up to, to decide to say, as a world, we need to become proactively healthy so and true. focus on health. That's right. We applaud you and we're so proud of you guys. I know those of you watching are going to pray for um, Dr. McCullough and Dr. Lowry. We appreciate that so much. We have to talk about the children mm -hmm. because these mandated vaccines for children, how dangerous is that? I want both of you to comment. I'll start with you, Dr. McCullough. We have really no forecast because they were never tested over the long term for children. We have every reason to believe th there's going to be long-term harm. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, the range of cardiac, neurologic, immunologic, um, and thrombotic threats are on the short term. But what we don't understand, and we have great fear, is that potentially future fertility, uh, long-term risk for cancer, intellectual development, growth, 
All of that is on the line. If we've learned anything, we cannot take a brand new experimental genetic product and with no information begin injecting children. It was yeah. a giant colossal mm. mistake. Dr. Lowry. Yeah, we really need to move on to vaccinations in general for children because what's been highlighted by the COVID vaccines is the lack of regulation, the failure of regulations regarding vaccines, not just the COVID vaccines, but in general. And so at World Council for Health, we urge parents to, to wait. It's much safer to wait than to use any childhood vaccines now. There's, mm -hmm. there's been no... Um, studies done to show the the huge numbers of vaccines that children are getting now is safe. Well, yeah, I mean, just the sheer number that they're getting from from birth to six years of age, including the hepatitis, you know, right in the hospital. And I mean, we I've done all kinds of shows on that, and 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 mothers and dads are waking up to that. I asked Doug because um, I wasn't um, back in 2020, of course. Um, I wasn't talking to you, obviously, back then, but um, you didn't get the shot. And I said, how, I said, how did you know not, not to get it? Because, I mean, I'm, we're sharing all this information, have all these doctors. And what did you say to me? What did I say to you? You said, I didn't feel comfortable No, with I just it. felt, it felt like, you know when a bully's trying to push you into a corner? <laughs> I felt when there's that much pressure to do something, it's probably wrong. I just felt in my spirit, like, I don't want to... I don't want the government to tell me to put my body. Just the principle of the government telling you what to do with your body was just wrong. Mm. I'm like, you know, and it can't be good for you. So I'm like, you know what? I, I'm pretty healthy. I, and I got COVID for me. To me, it was just a cold. I wrote a book during that two weeks. I was just <laughs> so annoyed. But okay. uh, yeah. It's, but do you know everywhere in the world right now, the vaccines are still considered government property, including the United States? Wow. They're not private property. They're not commercial products bought and sold. They are government property. So the question is, do you want government property injected into you with no assurances of long-term safety? So, Dr. Lowry, what about a lot of people have written in and asked me, what about the flu vaccine? And I've heard that they've even incorporated some mRNA in some of the flu vaccines. What, what, what is your understanding? The World Council for Health is not for any vaccines right now, and we urge people to be cautious and just to use their common sense. Uh, there's no evidence to reassure us at the moment that any of the vaccines are safe. Also, I see this article, <clears throat> a growing number of leprosy cases reported after the COVID-19 vaccinations. This is after examining a number of cases in the UK. Uh, just crazy things. I mean, things that we well, haven't one, heard about in years. One wouldn't be surprised because it suppresses the immune system. This is unfortunately one, one of the side effects of the COVID-19 vaccines is the suppression of the immune system. So diseases that would usually occur in people who are immunocompromised mm -hmm. are what we're seeing a plethora of. So for both of you, um, what would you say, Dr. McCullough, to someone who said, okay, I had the shots, maybe I don't have anything that I'm experiencing right now. Would you still recommend the detox for them if they got the shots? I've been impressed with both the U.S. data and that in Denmark showing about a third of people who took the shots had zero side effects, not even a sore arm. Mm. Turns out a sore arm does predict problems in the body. Mm -hmm. But people who didn't have a sore arm, didn't have any problem at all, it's been two years, uh, you know, I'm not sure that they would have a theoretical benefit from detoxification. Well, because they're saying that the mRNA was was unstable. Unstable. And that a lot it, of them didn't actually get it. May not have gotten or very yeah. little or none at all. 
However, for the two-thirds who did have a sore arm or symptoms, it implies that they did get enough to cause some problem in the body. Mm. And, and I'd say people who've had multiple rounds of COVID, particularly severe mm. COVID requiring hospitalization, that broadly detoxification is a reasonable proposal. I can't make any therapeutic claims, but what I can say is, listen, th- we, we have spent a billion dollars on this. There's no answers. Mm. It's time for people to take, you know, But there's their nothing in here that would hurt me if I took this. I could t- I take a lot of supplements, right? Very safe. There's nothing in here that's gonna hurt me. And if you're, on, many unless of the you're already on anticoagulants. Right, so, which I'm not. But, there's, <laughs> but let okay. me say the doses we've chosen in, in our peer-reviewed paper is published in the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons, we picked intentionally conservative and low doses. Natokinase 2,000 twice a day, bromelain 500 milligrams a day, curcumin 500 milligrams twice a day. They're low. In clinical practice, I can increase the dose based on what I'm seeing in patients, but we're far below a level of safety concern. And you're right, Doug, they are over-the-counter supplements. And you know the patients I'm seeing now, they are tired of big pharma, they don't trust big pharma, they want natural solutions. Dr. McCullough, we have a few more minutes. What would you say to people who are struggling right now to encourage them? Well, I'd encourage people to really pay attention to their symptoms. Uh, people who have had cancer, if they're in remission mm-hmm. and they've taken a few shots, I think they should visit their oncologist, consider restaging. Those at risk for cancers, pay attention to any new signs or symptoms. Seek doctors who now recognize the vaccines have been a mistake because that intellectual honesty is what's going to be needed for, uh, you know, the path forward. Are more more coming forward? More are coming forward. And, you know, unfortunately, they're coming forward as patients. They're coming forward Mm. as regretful. And it's not just doctors, it's nurses, too. Nurses will get hard. And others. It's very hard for people to understand that they've been wrong on a major issue. Very hard. Remember, when it came to Mm hand-washing and doing pelvic exams in Semmelweis, it was 15 years and doctors refused to recognize the value of hand washing. Mm-hmm. For smoking and lung cancer, it was 40 years. Mm-hmm. We're three years into this vaccine, and you know, mainstream medicines is gonna have to come around mm-hmm. to understanding well, that it's, it's a mistake. It's hard to feel that you've been betrayed by your own industry. 